0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Brie, and I am joined today by author Justine Lewis. Justine, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, Thank you, Brie, and thank you for
0: having me. Um,
1: Well, I um, I live in Canberra, Australia, um, and I have just signed my first deal with Harlequin, Mills, and Boone to... Um, release my first book with them early next year.
0: So tell us, we love hearing romance origin stories. How did you become a romance reader and writer?
1: I think probably Jane Austen. I think that was probably my entree into into romance. I was one of those teenagers that loved um, I think, all things 19th century literature, um, Austen and the Brontes and Hardy and... And things like that, but I also loved I also loved rom com movies of the, you know, of the nineties as well. And I and I guess that's what that's what also brought me into writing romance and specifically I think category romance, which I just I just love. I love I love all I love all romance books, but I do adore I do adore category and the the intense focus on the couple and the um, I like that they're like I often think of them like movies because they're you know, it's you know, how when you you read a, a romance book that you love and it's a longer one and they make it into a movie and they have to cut a lot of stuff out because it's it doesn't um, doesn't fit the 90 minutes. And I, I think, um, I, I guess I always started thinking of plots in my head that were like movies and they turned out to be a lot like category romance.
0: Novels. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask, what are some of your favorite 90s rom-coms? Oh,
1: okay. So I think When Harry Met Sally. Um, oh, so classic. That's <laughs> strictly, what's not strictly 90s? And, <laughs> and then I was going to say My Best Friend's Wedding, but then again, that's actually not really a romance too. Um, so I like While You are Sleeping, having a, like a brain uh, – brain block now and I can't, I can't quite think. I'm sure these will all come to me after, after we hang up.
0: Yeah. I grew up, like my mom loved Julia Roberts. I just remember us watching Julia Roberts all the time. And I grew up thinking my best friend's wedding was, was a rom-com. And then as I got older, I was like, this isn't even a romance. I don't know (laughs) what I was thinking as a kid.
1: (laughs) No, it's, it's really, it's really not. Um, I I do look. I've never seen a Hugh Grant movie that I didn't like. Um, I really I really adore all of those. Um, but I don't you know I don't think Hugh's like the sexiest hero ever. But I just I really like most of his movies.
0: Yeah 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 yeah. I actually watched um when Harry met Sally for the first time. I think last year, and I was <laughs> like, what took me like my favorite Nora Ephron. <laughs> Well, Sleepless in Seattle. And then I watched When Harry Met Sally and I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. Well, that is, yeah. Look at it.
1: Yeah. And I love Sleepless in Seattle too. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, I love it more. Really. I'm a, I'm a rom-com tragic.
0: We are so excited for your Harlequin Romance Mills and Boone True Love Debut, Billionaires Snowbound Marriage Reunion. Tell us all about your book. Okay,
1: well, it's a a reunion story, obviously. Um, It's a forced proximity story. I think that's also clear from the title. The hero and heroine are Jack and Lily. And um, over a decade ago, they were America's sweethearts. She was an up and coming movie star, and he's the heir to a media fortune. And so they were the biggest, most famous couple in the world. But shortly after they got married, they split. And the the press has been sort of obsessed with them ever since then. But after this all the scrutiny, um, she gave away acting and became a crime writer and it's over a decade later and she's come to her agent's cabin um, in the mountains near Yosemite to finish her book because um, she needs some peace and quiet. The cabin is owned by her agent who happens to be the wife of Jack's oldest friend but this couple is going through a messy divorce and they aren't speaking and they haven't realized that they've both lent the cabin to Jack and Lily, who haven't seen each other in in years. Um, Jack has just learned something devastating about his father and has come to the cabin to go offline and hide, basically. Um, And, of course, they find
0: one another there and they're stuck. So where did the inspiration for the book come from? And, like, were you specifically targeting true love or, or what?
1: No, not when, when the idea came to me and this is, it's not often the case, but I remember the exact moment that this idea came to me. I was in, um, I was in my lovely local supermarket a few years ago and I saw a magazine with a badly, badly photoshopped photo of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston on the cover. And it was saying how they were back together and I just laughed out loud and I just thought they cannot be still flogging this dead horse. Like just mm-hmm. leave these two poor people alone like they you know get get over get over them. This little voice inside my head said but what if it is true? What if and Brad <laughs> and Jen really are back together? And then that's sort of when it came to me and at the time I thought you know this is a this would be a good harlequin story. Like I just I just thought that then but and then of course a weird thing happened um when the book was sitting in the harlequin system Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez really are back together after all these I years. know <laughs> and, have gotten married and everything <laughs> exactly exactly so that's so that was the first spark the other the other element of the story which is the the Yosemite setting and that. That came to me. I had always wanted to write a story set there because uh, a few years ago now, um, I went there with my husband and my two kids and my parents, and we got snowed in there. So it's not not very romantic to be stuck in a in a cabin with your husband and your kids and your parents. Um, and then the the heaters broke. The generator went down, and so we were we didn't have heating for a while too. So oh my that, gosh, as always, that was you know at the time not the best experience. But at the time, I thought one day I'm going to write this into a book. So yeah, with those you have two, to. <laughs> when those two ideas came together, then that's yeah, that's why I wrote this.
0: Okay, so tell me how. Tell me about your journey to getting published with Harlequin. Uh,
1: It's, well, it's long. It's a long story. So um, so it's your your show. So whatever you want to share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so next, it's funny. Next week, um, I'm going to uh, the Romance Writers of Australia conference in Fremantle in Western Australia. And that is the same, at the same place where I attended my first RWA conference back in 2013. And I feel like I've come sort of full circle since since that point. Um, at that first conference, I only knew one person, and I was so nervous I couldn't could hardly sleep. And I did a really just dis- absolutely disastrous pitch to Harlequin for the very first book that I'd actually finished, and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and she, the editor didn't ask for it and just politely suggested that I could send it to the slush pile. So, you know, it was, it didn't go well. Um, But that book, once I'd edited it properly and learned how to actually do a pitch, um, that was eventually acquired by Destiny, which was a digital first imprint of Penguin. Um, I published three books with them, um, but they eventually went the way of many of the digitally first imprints that were around a decade ago. And, they folded, and then I didn't really quite know what to do. I tried a few things um, over the years. Um, then I got some, some advice from Amy Andrews. Um, she's an amazing Australian author. She writes for Harlequin and Entangled. She's an absolutely fabulous author, but she's also a really terrific mentor and supporter of other writers, She's she's just really amazing, and she, she's a huge supporter of the podcast. So I totally oh, yeah. believe you. <laughs> so, terrific, yeah. She's she's really a, a, um, a great supporter of all yeah all things romance. She's terrific, and she read one of my manuscripts, and she said, you know, she said this is great. You know, this has a real Mills and Boone voice. Your voice is perfect for Harlequin. You should send it to them. And I so I did, and I was asked for. Um, two lots of revisions and it took a while as these things often do because you know we're all busy um, and it was eventually rejected Um, but on the basis that it didn't quite fit the series and um, they were really encouraging um, but they said they loved my writing but it didn't didn't quite that story didn't fit and so then just on the basis of Amy's encouragement I sent them this one which I just thought this this really is, um, you know, it really sort of fits. Really should fit perfectly in the in the romance line, and um, if it doesn't, then this is, you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try this anymore. And um, I was asked for the full, and then they asked for some revisions, which I sent back, and then here I am. Yeah. Well, can you tell us your
0: "I got the call" story?
1: Yeah. I I yes, I would love to. Um. So. I sent off the revisions, and I figured it would be a few months because, because um, it usually usually is. And I woke up one morning to an email from my lovely editor asking if we could have a chat. She'd sent it the night before because I'm in Australia and the time zones are all are all out of whack. Um, I'd logged off early the night before and I'd missed it. So it was six in the morning Australian time and I knew she wouldn't be at work then for another, you know, till evening my time. So I had um, like all day to to stress about it um, and which was, you know, which was not great but I did have time to sort of prepare myself for it as well. Um, So we had the Zoom call that evening and I just, I guess I didn't really I knew in my head, editors don't ask for a chat if they want to give you a rejection, but, but you still don't believe it until they, until they tell you that they want to acquire the book. And um, yeah, it still didn't feel real for, for quite a few days. I hadn't wanted to jinx things by buying a bottle of bubbles, um, but yeah, and it was nighttime in Australia here and I just had to resist the urge to call up everyone I know. Well,
0: what's been your journey from getting the call to now?
1: To now, um well, it's only been a few a few months. I've been trying to write more books, basically and trying not to let um second book syndrome get to me, even though it's not quite my second book, but it's still it feels this feels like my first book all over again, and yeah. so yeah, writing writing more, doing doing my edits, waiting for the copy edits to come through, and um yeah, just um. Yeah, just trying to trying to enjoy it and trying not to stress
0: about the release next year too. For you as a writer creatively, like what are you most excited about for this new like writing journey that you're on?
1: Oh, lots, lots of things. I think I'm excited. I'm really excited to be working with the Harlequin editors. Um, all, all the feedback that Laurie's given me over the last little while has been Spot on, and I am just so excited about working with them and making my stories stronger. Um, I'm really excited about reaching more readers than I have ever been able to before. I'm yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm excited to be um, a part of the the whole Harlequin community, which has just been. Just amazing, so welcoming and so helpful, and um, yeah, it's just been it's been fabulous. And I I think I'm also really excited to be um, to be focusing on on these sorts of stories for the next little while. Like as I said, there were a few years there where I didn't really know what what I should be writing or what I wanted to be writing. Um, but I yeah, I love the the true love romance line. I mean I like I do like all the Harlequin series but this one um I feel fits fits my voice fits my personality fits me and I'm just really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to just being able to write more of these books I've got so many of these stories um waiting in my head to to be put down um on paper and I'm yeah really looking forward to
0: being able to do that with with And we the cannot wait to read them. <laughs> we can't wait to read them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a reader question. Share with us your favourite romance tropes to read.
1: So, I look, I'm a sucker for an enemies to lovers, which I think yeah. is probably just because Pride and Prejudice has imprinted itself so strongly on me. But I also really like, and I'm not sure, there's probably a name for this trope, I just don't know what it is, but where the hero has been secretly in love with the heroine for, um, for a long time and you don't often see them and I think I think they're hard to get right. Um but I'm thinking um Julia Quinn's When He Was Wicked, which I just adore, and things like The Hating Game by um yeah. Sally Thorne as well. I just I'm a I'm a sucker for a, a long suffering hero and a and a yes. heroine who then finally realises that um, that she loves him too. So yeah, you're right. Time. I
0: feel like you don't see I feel like you don't see it a lot. Like I I guess it's kind of masked sometimes in like certain sec not sec not even second chance romances but maybe like childhood friends to lovers or something which I feel like you don't really see a lot of that anymore but I don't yeah. know if it has a like a name specifically but you're right like when it's done like really well it's so good like yeah. I've just like loved you forever, and I'm so glad you're finally yeah,
1: realizing it. Right. <laughs> I, it is. Yeah. I think it's hard to do right. It's hard to do right yeah. to get to to get the hero right, and the balance between you know, adoring her from afar, and yeah. yeah.
0: Of that. I guess because we have to have like a believable reason of like well why wouldn't you just tell her or like you never snuck and told somebody who sp- like spilled the beans to her like we just have to believe that like you never told her or she never found out or never picked up on it I feel like that's what like where the hard part yeah. can come in yeah
1: I think that's a, that's a hard thing for a, a friend's Friends to Lovers as well, which I, I also like. And I am going to try and attempt to write one of those. But I think they're, they're harder as well for that reason. You've got to explain why or well, why didn't they tell one another? What, what kept yeah. them apart um,
0: Yeah, for
1: all those years?
0: Well, what's one piece of advice you would offer to aspiring writers? So I think, well, probably two. Or, yeah, <laughs> two. You can share whatever
1: um, you want. <laughs> I would say just keep keep going. It's easy. It it takes, it can take a very long time and just be aware that it can take a very long time. There's, you know, you often hear stories from people who are like, oh, this is just my first book. I just decided to write one and I wrote it. And then I just got an agent straight away and now it's a bestseller. And I just, I don't believe those stories exactly. Like I think those people are unicorns and I don't mean that they're unusual. I mean that they're fictional, that most of us work for years and years on our craft and it it takes a long it takes a long time to learn it and but you know the media loves often loves a good overnight success story and I don't yeah I don't think that that's the case I think you've got to it, it takes it takes be prepared that it may take a, a long time but you just have got to write and keep writing and get the rejections and then have a have a drink or some cake and um then just get on with it and
0: try exactly. the next one
1: right Yeah. Um, My other advice is that don't wait for the perfect place or the perfect time because that that's never going to happen. Like you, if you're going to wait for big chunks of time and the perfect study and peace and quiet, then that's, you know, you'll be waiting forever. So write whenever and wherever you can and, you know, on your phone, on your tablet, on anything you can scribble on. I do a lot of my writing in the car while the kids are at soccer training. I write in the library on lunch breaks. I just write any time I can find thirty minutes or so. Like you know, I'd love to have bigger chunks of time, but this is, you know, this is life. We've got families and day jobs, and um, you just have to, to find the time when you can. You know, it's tempting. It's always tempting to to open Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or something and, and do that or play a game on your phone. But you can equally just dictate. Even if you spent ten minutes dictating something onto your notes, you'd have a couple of hundred words, and then they they add up over time. And um, but yeah, I, look, I di- <laughs> dictating onto my phone works, and I can get out a lot in a very quick period of time. Of course, it's always it's always very messy because the dictation function doesn't you know work particularly well, but. You know, you've got something. It on the page. Go back yeah. and then and then fix and and tidy up, and you're, you're part of the way there. Um, But yeah, even you know, half an hour a day doing that is it, it. really adds up. And you know, honestly, I I sometimes find Brie that the the busier I am in the rest of my life, the more ideas that are are, are coming to me, and the more important it is to get it out. So the less time I have, so. Yeah, I guess, and another thing too is that when I do have big chunks of time, like often I will have a, a free day, and I will think, "Oh, terrific! I can spend it all writing." And often <laughs> that I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm not productive at all for those, you know, those six hours. Uh, not as nearly as productive as I am for, you know, an odd fifteen minutes here or there. Strangely enough, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but um, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's, well, lastly, share where everyone can keep up with you online. Um,
1: so I am well, the best place is my website, which is justinelewis.com. Um, but I'm also on Instagram at Justine Lewis Author. I'm on Twitter at Justine L Wrights and on Facebook as well at justine lewis author um my daughter's trying to get me on tiktok um but that's a work in progress and i i also think i've got you know there's enough to be going on with with, with all those other sites so you know i'll see how i go with i TikTok. love
0: that I, we hear that a lot either it's like a daughter a niece a younger cousin someone is trying to convince you all as authors to get on tiktok so.
1: <laughs> it's like i'm like i'm busy i've got i've got enough already like yeah but. i have to write books <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. So we've got to draw the line. We've got to draw the line somewhere. But look, I feel yeah. it's it's probably inevitable that I'll, I'll end up on there at, at some stage. Um, but
0: yeah, we'll see where we go. It's a it's a really good place right now for readers and authors. I feel like so. Yes. I, I, I yeah, know. I don't know how you all manage to make it work, but I understand why you have to be there. So yeah. Yeah. No. I yeah. I know that too. I've yeah. I've got to.
1: I've got to pull my finger out and,
0: and get on board with it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning on your end and this evening on mine. I am so excited for Billionaires Snowbound, a marriage reunion. We cannot wait for it to come out. Uh, and you'll have to come back once the book is out so we can talk about it. I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> I would love to. Thank you, Brie. Thank you yes. so much. It's been lovely talking to you as well. And I <laughs> hope you, you have a lovely evening. Thank
0: you. Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes. I'll have links to all the places where you can keep up with Justine Lewis, and I will have links to the Harlequin and Mills and Boone site so you can check out Billionaires Snowbound Marriage Reunion. Keep it on your radar. It's a February release. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. All right. So we have some time, but like, let's get excited about this book. I cannot wait. And Erin and I will chat with you in our next episode, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day.